Law and friends, I am Jeffrey Meldon, founder and attorney at Meldon Law. Uh, we have a great show for you today. Uh, before we get to our special guests from Meridian Behavioral Healthcare, we are going to go over a few things that uh, happened this past week and what's coming up. Uh, great, great 24th annual Melden Law TV 20 Scholar Athlete Banquet. Uh, we had uh, 33 winners uh, from all over uh, North Central Florida and what a group of uh, senior high school athletes. Uh, I was so impressed with this year's class. Uh, we had a great event at the Hilton Banquet Hall and wow, it was uh, something else to just to see all the kids, their families, the coaches, everybody show up was really exciting. And uh, we had two great winners, the finalists and grand prize winners for the Scholar Athlete of the Year, one male, one female. The male winner was a fine young man from Hawthorne High School named Jalen Ruth. Uh, he was the uh, uh, football star for the team. In fact, he was player of the year for the whole state of Florida in 1A. And he was a finalist for the Florida Dairy Farmers overall player of the year uh, for everyone in the state. Uh, he led the uh, Hawthorne Hornets uh, to their first ever uh, state title. So that's pretty cool. And for those of you that don't know the story of Hawthorne, they were getting ready to close the school. And it was just uh, not performing well. Uh, the, the kids were um, uh, moving out to uh, other schools. And uh, a fine gentleman by the name of Cornelius Ingram, who used to be a star at Hawthorne, uh, growing up and then went on to star at uh, the University of Florida football program and then went on to play professional football, came back and coached the football team. It's an incredible story. They ought to make a movie out of it. He single-handedly uh, revived the high school and their sports program and now Hawthorne High is a thriving school with uh, great academics, great uh, in-class uh, in uh, programming and also a terrific scholastic uh, uh, enhancement program and their sports program has really taken off. So uh, both scholar and athlete, in fact, Jalen Ruth uh, graduated from Hawthorne High and got into Vanderbilt on a full ride scholarship for football. So we're going to follow this fine young man, our 2023 Meldon Law Male Scholar Athlete of the Year. Um, our Female Scholar Athlete of the Year comes from Santa Fe High School. Uh, her name, by, by uh, coincidence, is also Jalen, spelled different. Jalen Stout, Santa Fe Volleyball, two-time Florida Dairy Farmers Miss Volleyball for the whole state. She's the top player uh, in the state across all classifications uh, from 1A up to 6A. And 
she led Santa Fe High School to back-to-back -to -back state titles in volleyball. So uh, quite a, uh, a terrific young lady. She had a 3.2 GPA and signed to play at Coastal Carolina. So uh, they're both scholarship winners and very, very uh, fine examples of what is possible uh, when you put your mind to it. So congratulations to Jalen Ruth Hawthorne High School and Jalen Stout Santa Fe High School. Uh, some things that are uh, uh, in, the, in the mix right now. Gator baseball swept Vanderbilt last weekend. We were there. Wow, we had a blast. Uh, my wife Patricia and I took her mom, who's 90 years old, to the baseball game on Saturday night and had a blast. Uh, Patricia's mom was born in uh, Cuba, in uh, Guantanamo, and when she was uh, a young girl, she played on a traveling softball team in uh, Cuba. So she knows the rules of baseball, which is uh, fun because when we take her to a game, she, uh, uh, can, she gets excited. She knows what's going on, and uh, we have a blast. If you haven't been over to uh, Condren Family Ballpark, you're missing a terrific uh, time out. They uh, uh, take the family. Uh, for 10 bucks, you can get in general admission. You can sit uh, in the really uh, cool berms in right field and left field, uh, or you can go in a center field. If you want to spend a couple bucks more, you can get a seat on uh, behind third base uh, or first base and uh, enjoy the uh, Gator baseball team. Gator baseball team uh, is currently ranked third and fourth, depending on what uh, ranking service you look at, but uh, they're actually ranked number one when you take into account the uh, talent that they've uh, played against. So what's happening next for Gator baseball? They are on the road Thursday, Friday, Saturday night against a very good Kentucky team. We need to win that series, win at least two out of three. Maybe we'll sweep them. And if we do, we will win the SEC East baseball title. So uh, let's uh, root on our Gator baseball team. And if they do that, uh, we're almost certain uh, to get a bid for a regional and uh, most likely uh, super regional if we win our regional. Uh, that's based on being in the top eight teams in the country, and we've been there uh, the whole season. So hopefully uh, we won't uh, bomb out against uh, Kentucky, and we'll be able to uh, uh, show our stuff. The hitting is doing great. The pitching is doing great. So uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to win on the road this weekend. A couple other things that are really exciting uh, the Hogtown Opry Show begins this Saturday, May 20th, at 7 p.m. at the University of Florida Auditorium. The uh, live music concert features, uh, features the Hogtown Opry Band with uh, singer-songwriter Louisa Branscombe, and uh, she's a, um, a Grammy winner, so... Check her out. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of uh, other musical talent there. 
And if, for those of you that haven't been to the University of Florida Auditorium, you're missing a real gem. It seats, I don't know, somewhere around 1,800 people. And it was the original uh, performing arts theater for the University of Florida. When I moved here in 1970, the Performing Arts Theater is where we used to have our Tom Petty concerts. We used to have other shows there. And uh, it was a blast. It's a, got great acoustics. And they uh, renovated it in the last five years. So it's uh, one of the most beautiful buildings here in Gainesville. Just uh, an amazing facility with great uh, acoustics. And uh, my good friend Bill Colleen is uh, sponsoring and putting this uh, grant, uh, he calls it the Hogtown Opry Show. For those of you that don't know, Gainesville had a community named Hogtown, uh, which is close to where Northwest uh, 8th Avenue and 34th are currently. The West Side Park is about the closest uh, uh, monument near where the uh, Hogtown community used to be back in the 1800s. When we came here in 1970, we thought that uh, the name was really funny and we started a organic food co-op called the Hogtown Food Co-op. It was the first time uh, the term Hogtown had been used in Gainesville for, oh, close to 100 years. And uh, after that, a lot of other people followed in our footsteps and started naming things Hogtown this and Hogtown that. So uh, I take partial responsibility for reviving the name Hogtown, and uh, we have uh, the Hogtown Opry Show, I guess is uh, in tribute to the Grand Ole Opry because uh, some of the acts have a, a kind of a country pop uh, flavor to them that are going to be presented, and uh, Bill Colleen, famous Gainesville guy, back in the 1960s, he opened up a place called the Subterranean Circus, and uh, those of you that know the reference, you might know the reference from Bob Dylan's songs. Anyhow, Bill was uh, pushing the envelope back then and uh, people were, you know, starting to protest the war and smoke pot and do all kinds of stuff like that. And Bill was there to serve their needs. And here he is, uh, 55 years later, still pushing the envelope. So uh, Let's hear it for Bill Colleen. Let's support the uh, Hogtown Opry show. Just go online, put in Hogtown Opry, and you will uh, be able to see what's available. Great tickets are still available for that. Uh, Meldon Law is a proud sponsor of the 90s Music Festival happening May 27th at the Homestead Park in Williston from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, admission and parking are absolutely free. Uh, there's going to be a, a live performance by the 90s tribute band Never Say Never. Uh, a 90s video dance party with Steve Champagne and much more will be there. So for uh, more information, visit Premier Events, NCF, North Central Florida on Facebook. That's Premier Events NCF on Facebook. And uh, check it out. We, we had a party there uh, a couple weeks ago, and our good friend Lot Bullock, uh, who's from Williston and has a, a lot of family there, uh, made the uh, 
place rock uh, and help make a, a good time for all. Uh, we want to give a shout out to all our friends in Williston, Florida. Uh, the Meldon Law, uh, Law Talk live show is going strong every Saturday at 10.30 on WSKY. The call letters are 97.3 FM. Uh, we've been doing this uh, show called Law Talk Live, and uh, we started it in September of 2002. So I guess that makes us uh, a little over 20 years on the air live, and it's a call-in show. So uh, all you have to do is uh, listen, and uh, we'll give you the phone number on air, and you can call in and uh, uh, ask us a legal question or uh just talk about anything. We, we love hearing about uh, music, sports, whatever's on your mind. It's a, a fun show and we want everyone to enjoy it. Uh, so that's a few of the things. Oh, Melden Law Facebook page. Allison is our, uh, is the head of our social media now and she is doing a jam up job on our Facebook page. So you just go to Facebook Melden Law and you'll see uh, all the free things that we give away. You'll see uh, some really exciting posts. And what we're trying to do is keep you up to date with what is going on in North Central Florida. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, our friends in Ocala who are really uh, making things happen. Uh, things are slowing down now that the Kentucky Derby's over as far as uh, uh, the horse horse activities in uh, Ocala. However, uh, check out the Riley Center for uh, all your music needs. The Riley has great uh, tribute band shows put on by our friends at uh, Wind FM. We don't want to uh, miss any of those shows. Uh, I've gone to uh, a bunch of them. The Riley is terrific. Uh, if, if you haven't been there, it's a 700-seat auditorium with great acoustics, a lot of fun, and it's right in the middle of uh, downtown Ocala. You can go to your favorite restaurants on the square and have a really uh, terrific time. So let's uh, support that. Uh, Meldon Law uh, has a newsletter. Uh, all you have to do is give a call to the office, 352 373-8000 and uh, say, I'd like to be on the Meldon Law newsletter list and we'll add you. It's free of charge and there's lots of giveaways. I know at Christmas we give away $25 gift certificates uh, to great restaurants. The last, uh, let's see, we gave away $25 gift certificate to Harry's Bar and Grill in Gainesville and Ocala last year. I think the year before we did Spurrier's Gridiron Grill and uh, there's lots of other free giveaways that we uh, have in our newsletter so take advantage and uh, come and join us. Um, anyhow, uh, that's just a few things uh, that's going on at uh, Meldon Law. Uh, we love uh, supporting our Gators and uh, we think uh, the Florida Gator baseball team is ready to uh, make it to the World Series in Omaha. Uh, the top eight teams go there, and uh, we would certainly love to see um, our beloved Gator baseball team uh, make it. They've got the talent. They've got the arms. They've got the 
hitters, and uh, let's see how far uh, we can go. We're going to take a short break here on Meldon Law and Friends, and we'll be back with our guest from Meridian Behavioral. Meldon Law has been serving personal injury victims since 1971. In those days, Jeffrey Meldon's presence as an attorney in the music scene dubbed him with the nickname The Hippie Attorney. And although times have changed, two things haven't. Our commitment to bettering our community by helping the injured. Albert, are you ready to go to the game? And our love for the Florida Gators. If you bleed orange and blue, Meldon Law is the firm for you. Well, I'm joining the band, of course. Since Melvin Law is the official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, I want to help. Dad, we're litigators. Let's stick to helping people in the courtroom. Well, can we still hang out and jam a little bit? At Melvin Law, we won't back down. I was going down a one-way street, and a girl that was driving her car T-boned me on my scooter. I ended up going for an MRI and discovering that I had two herniated discs. Coming to carry allowed me to not have to worry about what doctor I was going to see or what physical therapist I had to go to. They say, these are the people we trust. You're going to have a great experience there. And I honestly did each time. Call Melden Law. Your consultation is absolutely free. There are a few tickets left for Gainesville's best pig roast and special whiskey debut. Sunday, May 21st from 2 to 5 p.m., Spurrier's Gridiron Grill is roasting a whole pig and sipping piggyback rye whiskey. Join us at Vicer's Rooftop for the release of Spurrier's Piggyback Rye's private label barrel select whiskey. We'll have specialty drinks, games, raffles, plus each ticket includes your own bottle of Spurrier's Piggyback Rye Whiskey to take home. Go to Spurrier's.com to get your ticket to join 125 of your friends at the Rooftop Pig Roast before we sell out. I was driving behind a lady, and very suddenly she moved out of the way. There was a log laying in the road, and when I hit my brakes, I went on top of the log. I had two herniated discs. I just haven't been the same since. Jeffrey Melton fought for me all the way. Him and his team really went there for me. Throughout the whole lawsuit, he made sure that my bills was paid. It was never no whenever I called him and asked him for something. Call Melvin Law right now. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Melvin because you're going to need help, and they will help you. Call Melvin Law right now. Hey, Sammy, look who's there. Say hi. Hey. <gasps> you again. Melvin Law, Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! Somebody else. Here we go again. back to Melvin Law and Friends. We have a terrific uh, group of uh, friends here today uh, from Meridian uh, Behavioral Healthcare. 
Uh, I'd like to welcome Maddie Atkins. How are you, Maddie? I'm doing very well, thank you. Great, and uh, Alan Paulin. How are you doing, Alan? Doing well, thank you so much. So uh, let's start with Maddie. Uh, Maddie, would you tell us what you do at, uh, at Meridian? Yes, so I am the program coordinator for mental health first aid. I have worked at Meridian for 10 years now. I just celebrated my 10th year anniversary. Um, so for about four of those years, I have been the program coordinator for mental health first aid, teaching and scheduling those classes. What's uh, mental health first aid? So mental health first aid is an eight hour interactive training that teaches participants how to recognize the signs and symptoms of a mental health or substance use challenge and then how to appropriately respond to that situation. So we teach participants how to be the vital link between someone who is experiencing a mental health or a substance use challenge or crisis and then link them to the appropriate type of help, whether that be professional help, self-help, or some other support strategy. So these are not people that are employed full-time at Meridian. They're people you train in the community? Correct. Some of them do work at Meridian, um, but it is open to anyone who is interested in the community. Um, it is for adults only. You do have to be 18 to take the class. Um, but yeah, anybody that's in the community that is interested in learning about how to have conversations about mental health. So um, how did you um, get into uh, being the coordinator and trainer? I started as the assistant in the prevention department. So I got to learn about how everything was working. I got to help with all of the back end of entering all of the classes and printing out all the forms and getting to go and watch other people train. And then I got instructed to train. Uh, Meridian paid for me to become a certified instructor. And so I started teaching, and when our program coordinator left, she kind of handed it to me and showed me how to do it if I was interested, gave me a nice warm handoff, and kind of took over and went running. Well, you know, that's great. At Meldon Law, we promote within as well, and I think you probably uh, got the best training uh, being an assistant uh, for several years. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was the assistant for about a year and a half and then became the coordinator. Yeah, I mean, there's no better training than, you know, being there and seeing what goes on. Absolutely. And then, now, what kind of changes did you make when you came in? Were there, uh, you know, things you saw that you thought you could do better? So we expanded our marketing and our promotion of it, trying to find other audiences that maybe didn't hear about Meridian in the traditional places, uh, more social media posting, and just more socializing, really because this is such an awesome class and everyone who hears about it is interested. They just need to hear about it and, and find a way to sign up for the class. Um, really, the, as soon as I started, we had COVID. So a lot of the trainings in person obviously couldn't happen. So we moved to a virtual platform and that still exists. This, this training can be done in person or virtually. Um, if you ever get the opportunity to take it in person, I would encourage that. It's definitely more interactive that way. Um, but either way, it is definitely a really effective and awesome training. So how do people sign up? Where do they go? So they can go to Meridian's Facebook page. We have several community classes that are coming up in the summer that are completely free of charge. And they can sign up by going to the Facebook page. There's links to Eventbrite. Um, in the future, there will be more information about that. But Facebook is a good place to start. Or Meridian's website also. 
So the Facebook page is called what? Mer Meridian Behavioral? Yes, Meridian Behavioral Healthcare. Okay, and that's where they can find the information in order to sign up for the, uh, you call it um, mental health first aid. Correct, and there is adult mental health first aid or youth mental health first aid. Uh, like I mentioned, you do have to be 18 or older to take the course. So when we say youth mental health first aid, we're referring to adults assisting young people. So that's a separate training, but it's very similar to the adults assisting adults training. And uh, how long is the course last? It is a full day, eight hour interactive hands-on experience. Okay, so if uh, either myself or someone from our team wanted to go, we just uh, go online, check it out, sign up, and you'll tell us when and where. Correct. And if there was a group of between 5 to 30 people that wanted a class not on that particular date, I can come to that group. They just need to provide a location and a group of people um, within our 12 counties that we serve, and I can come to that group and provide it pretty much whenever they want to. Well, I think, you know, it's amazing that we have the resources because really, uh, I think identifying those people that need help is probably step one, right? Yes. And that's why you call it first aid. <laughs> yes, identifying that and then giving people the confidence to step in once they do notice signs and symptoms and to not just say, well, I'm, you know, I noticed this, but I don't know what to do. It's not my place. Giving them the tools to have that conversation, to step in and link that person to whatever appropriate help they need. So how does it work in, uh, you know, practice as far as, you know, say uh, adult takes the course, they're trained in first aid, and then they want to, um, they notice that, you know, either a friend or family member, uh, in their opinion, needs help. How does that whole uh, process unfold? So if someone takes mental health first aid, they learn about a concrete action plan, and it's five steps. So that person, if they notice signs and symptoms in a loved one or a stranger or whoever, they can start using those five steps in whichever order they need to. So if, for example, I see somebody who's a friend of mine who's kind of losing it, um, and I say, you know, Joe, um, you, know, you know, I want to talk to you, okay? I've been trained, right? Okay, how does that conversation go? So... Really, we're learning how to be effective listeners. And then if you take the mental health first aid course, there are some key kind of like terms or phrases or we call them like back pocket expressions that you can kind of use when someone does open up to you. If they're willing to talk, it kind of gives you a blueprint for the things that you can say to them. Um, but you'll have to take the class to find out. Okay, so you take the class and then you will explain how the intervention or whatever you want to call it, right? And I can give a teaser. It can be very simple. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? I've noticed that you haven't been yourself lately. Is there anything you'd like to talk about? Uh, it doesn't have to be. It's not anything extraordinary, but it is very simple. But that is a lot more effective than saying, why are you feeling that way? Tomorrow is going to be a better day. It's going to be okay. How can you feel that way because it's such a beautiful day today? Those are things that actually are not effective. But once you set up that question, I'm concerned about you, would you like to talk about it? Make them feel comfortable, and that's your first step. And then, with that assessment part of it, you're kind of learning how long has this been going on? How has it been affecting their daily routine? Um, and really could be affecting their health. 
Have we seen increase in drug or alcohol use? And you start to gather a lot of information, and that will help you determine a level of concern. And then there's action steps, getting them for self-help, direct giving them some resources in the community, or even maybe sitting with them to make a call to get help with a professional. So, um, Alan, why don't you give us a little bit about your background with uh, Meridian? Uh, I know that you're Senior Vice President of Clinical and Community Services. Does, yes. Does that include this uh, mental health first It aid? did up until recently. Uh, prevention was under my scope. Um, but I've been with Meridian for 26 years. Started out actually as a therapeutic big brother working with teens. Um, coordinated care from that and managed some various programs. Um, and then went out to the clinical side. And so basically the under what we cover when we say clinical and community services it holds a lot of our traditional outpatient services um, for adult and children that would be coming in maybe for an assessment and seeing a, a youth or an adult once a week once every other week depending on the level of concern and how intense the problems are and it also covers we have a lot of specialty programs we work very closely with our community partners child welfare department of corrections um, in, the, in the county, county jail, we do a lot of inreach in the jail to where there are people are screened for and they uh, come up with issues with mental health or substance abuse. We go in there, we talk to them and give them some options upon their release to how they can get back on track and they can, have, can start their own recovery. Yeah, it's so interesting. A variety of things. It's interesting that you bring up that uh, program as far as outreach into the uh, uh, jail community mm -hmm. because uh, I've lived downtown since I moved here in 1970, at least off and on, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of homeless people, and my perception is uh, that, you know, mental illness and substance abuse uh, contributes uh, quite a bit to, to the homeless, uh, uh, you know, problem or homelessness for people. What's your perspective on that and how we can help improve that? Well, that is very true. I think... Um, you, what you'll find is they've gone through um, various levels of trauma um, from a young age and have dealt, been dealt um, a cards that you really couldn't really understand that so many bad things could happen to a particular person. So by, and then what they, instead of getting some correct coping mechanisms and getting some help that they need, things are topically addressed often through alcohol and drugs or other behaviors that are harmful. And then it could lead to engagement in criminal activity so once we can engage with them we actually have program one of the programs we have uh, operating under a grant is doing outreach in the streets and work in identifying folks and get them back on with their therapy help them address their trauma substance abuse and get them they'll actually start getting healthier working and then by the time they leave our program they're housed we give them support once they get into an apartment or a home back with family mending family relationships and then they're self-sufficient, and they're on their path to recovery. You know, it, a lot of folks don't understand that it's not a quick fix with folks that have been, you know, on the street due to, you know, whether it's mental illness, drug abuse, they're all many times related. Um, and even if you have housing for them, if they're living in, in a housing situation with other people, there's certain rules. And unless you address some of the underlying problems, it's always been my feeling that uh, the likelihood of success, uh, you know, living around other people uh, is challenging. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, 
it takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight. Recovery is not a straightforward process. It could be two steps forward, one step back, maybe sometimes two or three steps back. But as long as you keep that faith and keep that hope alive and instill that hope with them, be that support, they start to regain and they start to get their old self back and they start moving forward. And it is really a powerful, um, it's a powerful thing when somebody gets better and recovers and they come back a year, two years, three years later and they come and tell you how well they're doing. It's very powerful. So um, I know that, you know, Gainesville you know, is not unlike, you know, many communities where we, we have a visible homeless uh, population in the community. Uh, and I'm very glad to hear that you're actually out there trying to uh, offer opportunities mm -hmm. to those folks that uh, are, have some uh, desire to change. Uh, how do you approach folks that are, you know, dealing with serious mental health problems, drug addiction, uh, and, or other issues that may, you know, for, at least for that time, uh, you know, create somebody who's very uh, antisocial, for lack of a better word. Well, I think certainly kind of having that, those people skills, those soft skills, to when, you, when you come up with them, being genuine is so critical. And people know when, if you're really being genuine and they will pick up on that. And just even some of those simple things like we said, hey, how are you doing? Um, and you could talk, I could even have some small talk and you could let them know who you are. And if they aren't ready, that's okay. Give them some information and just let, you know, we'll be back, probably be back in this area. And it really goes from there. Um, even if you start thinking about it, hey, well, maybe just think about it. When I see you the next time, maybe we can come to something where we can get you to the next step. So, so engagement is uh, a big piece. Yeah, I noticed that you, you try to engage people by asking open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. uh, so let, let them start talking. Yeah, it goes back to what Maddie was referencing. You know, being a very good listener cannot be understated. Anytime I get on the airwaves or give some kind of presentation, it always comes back to being a really good listener. And that is a skill that everyone has, but they often don't use it. So really being conscious to not cut off conversations, giving them that space, being understanding, non-judgmental, and even if it's silence, being, being comfortable with silence, because that is a form of communication, and it shows that you care and you're not just kind of running to the next thing. I, I've always, um, you know, admired Meridian. Like I said, I moved here in 1970. I think you told me earlier you started in 1972, mm -hmm. Meridian. Yeah, we just celebrated 50 years. And, uh, you know, it was the the number I used to have um, a lot of clients that I would send out to Meridian. You know, it might be I was doing a defending a drunk driving case, and I recognized that mm -hmm. the people, you know, had problems. And before I went to the judge, I'd want to at least show that we were trying to do something to change the behavior. Because of course, the courts don't want to send people back out onto the streets mm -hmm. when they're exhibiting behavior in uh, Meridian. Uh, has always been accessible regardless of financial resources. You want to uh, talk about that a little bit? That is true. We accept all forms of insurance, but we also have uh, funding to serve people who are either on a sliding scale or depending on their income level or no income. No one would be turned away at Meridian. So, so that, that, that's, that's very, very important. Yeah, because a lot of our listeners know folks that... Um, need help, but uh, they may not have the financial resources, mm -hmm. and Meridian helps everyone. It's, uh, t tell us a little bit about the overall um, 
facilities and structure at Meridian and, and who it does serve? Sure. Well, we serve 12 and at times 13 counties, depending on the service. And we have service locations in all of north central Florida. Our main campus is in Gainesville area, right there on Williston and 441. And we have um, quite a few services there. Uh, we have our standard outpatient services, and that's that main building, the colonial-type building that's facing 441. But we also have um, residential programs at the Sid Martin Bridge House. And even within that, we have some more of a specialty program with pre- and postpartum moms who have or have been struggling with substance abuse. Um, they, give, they have to carry their child, give birth, stay in treatment. So not only they're working on uh, their, their issues, mental health, and working through trauma, substance abuse, mental health issues, but we're also providing parenting classes and to help them understand developmental stages of children and how to be, keep up and uh, enhance their nurturing capacities. And again, you know, once they get that under, under their belt, then they work on getting productive and, um, and it goes on from there. And we also have the, the residential components with uh, more of the traditional residential programs. So is it all on the campus out there on um, 441? Those residential services of the campus, uh, you know, we have our crisis services. And then as we go to our different counties, we also have office sites um, for the same thing. Smaller offices, but still serving a lot of people. And, and on top of that, now with our telehealth, we had telehealth before COVID. It's grown exponentially. We are ready for that. And now, so really people have a lot of options. They can do it from the comfort of their home. If they want to talk to somebody like we're talking now, they can come in as well to any of our offices throughout. We go all the way up to Georgia Line, over to Cedar Key, um, and now we're down in Marion County as well. We so, get over to Baker and Bradford. Now so we get, I'm going to put you on the spot. Name every county <laughs> quickly. DC, Levy, Gilchrist, Alachua, Columbia, Swanee, Lafayette, Hamilton, Marion, and um, Putnam. Uh, you yeah, got yeah. Okay, you get an A on that quiz. <laughs> so, so um, you know, it's interesting. In our office, we have uh, uh, a, a kind of a dialogue going back and forth as far as getting clients in because we think it's more effective one-on-one -on -one in the office. Uh, however, a lot of people after COVID now are resistant to that. And they just want to do, uh, you know, a Zoom meeting. Uh, I'd like to hear your perspective on that. Sure. The research is very strong. It's, it's uh, studied very intensively, and they show that as long as a person is prefers it, the the actual interaction because of the the how clear and the communication is that it, it's just as effective. Yeah. So yeah. So that's been thoroughly researched, and we have psychiatric services for that, as well as our therapy service, and we can actually do. With technology, again, we can do the whole group format. We can run groups um, that way as well. And then we have the in-person groups, which are yeah. very effective. You know, it's interesting. In the legal profession, we, you know, we, if we had a case, we might go to a courtroom and have uh, 20 lawyers there with 20 different cases. Mm -hmm. And you'd have to sit there for two hours waiting for your case to be called. And it was probably the most ineffective use of time. And... Uh, when lawyers went to uh, using Zoom for hearings, uh, court hearings, there's some things that they still do in person, but now uh, the court system and the um, uh, lawyers all uh, really like the fact that we can remotely uh, show up, you know, in a town two hours away. Because think about it, you know, 
you have to be there in court uh, in the morning, so you got to leave two hours ahead of time, make sure you don't hit traffic, and you're there on time. You're there waiting for two hours. Then you have a five-minute presentation in front of the judge, and then you got to get back in your car and you, you go home. So you've wasted the whole day just about, okay? No, it's very true, and with that level of professional service, and if we think of there's a national shortage of psychiatrists and prescribers, mm -hmm. we would have the same situation with psychiatrists going to, we want to, we serve, and we are very proud that we serve all these rural communities where there are no services, and they're in the car most of the time. So they're just, they exponentially can provide more services, which is so critical because of the shortage. So Mandy, uh, let me turn it over to you for a, a minute here. Uh, you, you mentioned that your training is also, you can also do virtual training. Um, what's your perspective on, you know, you were there before COVID, you are there after COVID. What's your perspective on that, how that's allowed you to expand your network? Yes, absolutely. So my grant particularly covers 12 counties. Um, so all of the counties he listed other than Marion, so excluding them. Um, so if there's a group of people who are in different counties, like organizations or companies usually will take the class, um, it's much easier for everyone to just kind of do it from wherever they feel comfortable than to having to drive to one central location. And it's really been able to expand the number of classes that we can teach in those counties. Um, I do still go in person to a lot of those counties and teach the classes in person as well. But if someone, usually the in-person could be a barrier potentially. So having it virtual is definitely better than nothing. It's, you know, it's the same course. And like he was saying, it's, you can do group activities, you can have little breakout rooms and, um, a lot of it is a PowerPoint presentation and video clips, so it's all really you know, beautifully done virtually as well. So if an individual, just one person's at home and they want to uh, join a class, uh, you just put a bunch of people together and then uh, you can teach the course to uh, a group. Yes, so that's what the community classes will be this summer. They are set dates so that individuals can sign up. Um, versus a group, they can just kind of, you know, if they provide the people and the place, they can pick the date. So call to action again. Yes. When are the dates and how do they get uh, into the classes? So the, the very next one that's coming up is actually um, May 26th. That will be a youth mental health first aid. And I just checked there are still some slots available. Um, again, that can be accessed on Facebook under Meridian Behavioral Healthcare. Um, it'll take you to an Eventbrite link. The next few dates are going to be the first Thursday and the first Saturdays of June, July, and August. Um, so there are still more details to kind of be rolled out. I'm not sure if the Eventbrite is up for that yet, um, but we will definitely be giving people that information through Facebook or they can contact me directly. Um, that can be a great way to sign somebody up, um, but yeah, I would definitely suggest going on Facebook. Well, I think that uh, it's easy, right? You make it easy, all they have to do is reach out to you and you'll follow up and get them into a class that works for their schedule. Yes. And uh, uh, the class is mostly during the day, at night, how you set it up? They're usually during the day. They usually start around 9 a.m. and we end around 4.30 or so. Oh, because it's an eight-hour class, so Correct. you wouldn't yeah. start at, at 8 o'clock yes. at night. It, it could be, it could potentially be split up into like two sections. We have done in the past, it was a group of UF students, so we did two um, like evening courses. Mm -hmm. um, so we do try to be flexible. It's, it's information that I'm trying to give to everybody, so if they're interested, I want to try to be accommodating and make sure we can find a way to work that in their schedule. 
Well, I think um, I'm very impressed. Like I said, I've been friends with Meridian for years and years, and every time we have a guest from Meridian on the show, I'm always amazed at all the wonderful things you're doing to actually improve our community and help others. So I want to congratulate uh, both of you, Alan and uh, Maddie, for everything that you do. Um, we're very, very fortunate to have a strong system within our community to help anybody regardless of their uh, ability to pay. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to ask everybody out there if uh, you know um, anybody that might be interested or perhaps yourself, uh, go to uh, you know Meridian Behavioral uh, Healthcare and you will be able to sign up for the Mental Health first aid. This is Jeffrey Melden from Melden Law and we are going to sign off on Melden Law and Friends for another fabulous episode. Tell your friends to listen to this episode and uh, let's uh, take advantage of the tremendous resource that we have at Meridian. Thank you very much for listening.